0: Father in heaven, we sure love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for us on that cross. The story never gets old. Father, there's so many people in this world going through life. You deal with hearts. How we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 16 this morning. I wanna preach just a simple message on salvation. The old timers sometimes would say things like this, we're gonna draw the net tonight. Meaning they're gonna do everything they can to get as many people saved as possible that's in the service. And that is of course my prayer Look at the Bible, what it says in verse 16. Hang on to the words of God. The Bible says in chapter 16, I'm sorry, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Look at verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The Bible over there in Mark 8, 37 repeats, repeats that. It says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you this morning to just take a few moments and go back to the place in your heart, in your mind, and go to the place where you know that the Holy Ghost of God convicted you of your sins and showed you you was a sinner. And you remember that day clearly, I promise you, every person that's ever been under the conviction of the Holy Ghost of God will never forget that day. And go to that spot in your mind where you know you were convicted of sins, where the Holy Ghost drew you to salvation and you asked Jesus Christ to save your soul. Every person that's here this morning right now could tell the story. If they're saved, they could tell the story of that day. Your soul is immortal. It will either live in heaven or it will die forever and exist in hell. The Bible teaches us in Genesis 35 that Rachel's soul was departing from her. Your soul is going somewhere. The Bible teaches us over there in 1 Kings 17, Elijah is praying for the uh, young boy's soul to enter back into him. And uh, when the body dies, the soul departs. You are going somewhere. And the Bible teaches us, of course, those of you, many of you understand this and know that, but the Bible teaches us, of course, there's only two places. The other place, one place is heaven, the other place is called hell. And of course, nobody wants to go to hell. You'd be a fool to want to go to hell. And, And everybody thinks they're going to heaven, but everybody's not going to heaven. The Bible said in Matthew 10, 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I say to you, dear friend, that when death comes, and it is coming, when death comes, God is the only one that has charge over your soul. And I ask you, where's it going? The Bible said over there in Job 27, 8, For what is the hope of the hypocrite? Though he hath gained, when God taketh away his soul. Listen to the verse. What is the hope? What good is it going to do you? What good is it to uh, uh, try to be a hypocrite and make everybody think that you're okay when you really know you're not? Bible said, what is the hope of the hypocrite though he hath gained? In other words, you've gained recognition, you've gained respect, they gained popularity, they gained people's trust, they gained prestige, and they gained all the other things that they could get from man. But it says, what good is that? What is the hope in that when God taketh away your soul? When it's all over, where are you going? The Bible said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, you'll either uh, give your soul to Christ or God will take that soul from you and cast it into an everlasting place called hell, amen, or the lake of fire after the great white throat judgment. But why would anybody take a chance on a hope-so salvation? Today, we can knock on doors. We can pass out tracts, we can talk to people at the store or at the gas pump. And I've asked them many times before, preacher, I've said things of this nature. If you die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And I've heard this statement many times. Well, I hope so. Or can anybody really know? I say to you, dear friend, oh, yes, you can really know, and we don't have time to go into all that, but I say to you, dear friend, why would anybody take a chance on a hope-so salvation? Some are trusting in their religion or their belief. Some are trusting in their life, dear friend, of what they've done. They believe that, hey, I go to a good church. I'm okay, I've been in church all my life. Some are exchanging their soul for a life of pleasure. Some are exchanging their soul for sin. They just, they enjoy sin. They enjoy the lifestyles of the world. They don't really wanna be spiritual if you would. They wanna be carnal. They enjoy that kind of life and they're exchanging their soul for that. Some are exchanging their soul for money. That's more important to them. Some are exchanging their soul for prestige and for popularity for maybe a certain individual or people or positions or faith or fortune but I say to you this morning there's no doubt you value your life today there's nobody here that says boy I hope that I get diagnosed with a disease and in three months I'm dead there's nobody here that says I hope I get shot or murdered in some store there's nobody here this morning that says I hope on the way home today from church I get in a car accident and I die and go out into eternity there's nobody that says I hope I get that So here's the question I have. If you value your life today, why would you not value your soul for eternity? Let's say you live 80 years. Let's say you live 100 years. What is 100 years to eternity? People put more emphasis on their life now than they do on eternity. Eternity. You are going somewhere when you die. Every one of us are creatures ordained to an eternal existence. According to the Bible, it's either misery and doom in hell or it's happiness, peace and joy and love and everlasting life in heaven. But if you plainly deny the Lord Jesus Christ and do not get saved, the Bible said in Matthew 10, but whosoever shall deny me before men him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now that's what the Bible said. In other words, I picture it this way, dear friend, uh, that if you deny the Lord Jesus Christ, that means you have exchanged him for something else. And I see this up in the great white throne judgment when that takes place, everything's gone. Earth is gone, it's all been burnt away, it's melted, everything, universe, it's all gone. And there people stands on nothing. Everything's been brought out of hell. Everybody that's ever been born, that's never put their heart and faith and trust in the God of heaven, amen, is standing before God at that great white throne judgment. And one by one, they will come and they will kneel before the God of heaven. They will fall on their faces, what they'll do before the God of heaven. And dear friend, if your name is not written in the book, you're not going, you're not getting to heaven. According to that Bible, he said over there, he said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny them before my father. And so here they come kneeling on their face, if you would, or bowed on their face before God. And the father looks over there at Jesus, the son, and says, do you know them? Do you know that person? And Jesus says, no, I don't know who that is. Oh yeah, yeah, Lord. Don't you remember I did this? I don't know who you are. Can you imagine Jesus looking at you and saying, "I don't know who you are?" The Bible teaches in Luke 9:26, "If you are ashamed of Jesus, he'll be ashamed of you." Christ's words are not popular to you now, if you don't care anything about the things of God or the work of God and about Jesus Christ and his Bible, what makes you think that he'll care about you then? Look over, if you would, at Matthew 7. You can hold your place there, but look over in Matthew chapter 7. Very, very sobering scripture, I believe. and. Uh, you, you're very familiar with this scripture. Some of you are, some of you may not be, but the Bible says in Matthew 7, verse number 19, listen to what it says. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Watch what it says in verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Let me stop and say this. The will of the Father is that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. The will of the Father is this. Repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. And the Bible said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Watch what he says in verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Can you imagine that? According to that Bible, he said, there's gonna be many, a lot of people, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Lord, Lord, did I not give my money? Lord, Lord, did I not go to this church? Lord, Lord, did we not do many mighty wonderful works? Lord, did I not prophesy? There's hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people out there in the world. I mean, look at them, dear friend, they're on their TV shows and they're in these mega churches and they're doing all these great wonderful works for the Lord sending their money to these places and sending food and doing all these great things for the Lord, one of these days, they're gonna stand before the God of heaven and they're gonna say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do that? There's not one person in that scripture right there that's saying, Lord, Lord, did I not trust in the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross? No, it's all about what they did, not what he did. And we got people sitting in our churches and this one right here today. But you know you're not saved. And if you're not careful, you're gonna be just like this crowd. Matthew 16, 25 speaks of life. It said, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. You can't do it yourself. Look, you can, you can do all you wanna do You can give things to the church. You can give money. You can help out at the church. You can do all kinds of things for the man of God and for the people of God, but that's not gonna save your soul. Many think they can save their own life with their religion, their belief, their works, their baptism. Christ said, whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. In other words, that means this. I'm giving up all that I trust in and I'm trusting in him. I was born and raised right here in this area, actually over in Pensacola. Grew up behind Woodham High School off of Burgess Highway. Y'all know, some of y'all know where that's at. And I went to Fundamental Baptist Church from the day I was born or my, the day my wife, my mother was able to take me to church. From the time I was born, I was raised in Fundamental Baptist Church on Massachusetts Avenue in Kelly, Massachusetts and Kelly Avenue. Raised in that church under good preaching Soul winding, separated, bus ministry, youth departments, revivals, gospel, good music, preaching, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you understand? I went forward when I was young. My brother was going forward and I asked my mom, I said, where's Bubba going? She said, he's going to get saved. I said, I want to get saved. There was no conviction in my heart. Holy Ghost wasn't dealing with me. I wasn't convicted about my sin and I went forward and I let somebody take a Bible and I prayed a prayer and I went up there and got baptized that day along with my brother. I didn't really get baptized, I just got wet. I never got saved. And I went through my childhood uh, trusting in that, went through my teenage years trusting in that. And dear friend, it didn't bother me if I did anything wrong because I was lost. Didn't have a desire for the things of God. I mean, I helped out around the church and did things at the church because I was raised at the church. I didn't live like a Christian, especially when I got an older teenager. I definitely didn't live like a Christian. And I say to you, dear friend, there came the day that the Holy Ghost of God, I was sitting under the preaching of my uncle and Terry Kendrick was preaching the word of God. And there I was sitting about the second row from the back and the spirit of God came to my spirit, came to my heart. And for the first time in my life at the age of 19, he convicted me of my sin, showed me I was lost. I remember the conviction. I remember the regret of sin. I remember asking the Lord God of heaven to forgive me of my sin. I came forward, he took a Bible, showed me how I could get saved. I can take you to the spot where I trusted Jesus Christ as my savior and it totally changed my life. Now here's what I did, are you listening? I gave up everything that I was trusting in and I put my trust in him. Understand this, church. God has given you the power to make the choice. God does not make you get saved. You don't just become saved. If you choose to put all your trust in Christ, comes eternal life and uh, great happiness in the Lord. But if you choose to put your trust in yourself and this world, the loss of your soul is irrecoverable. Once, listen, once the soul is lost in that place called hell, be it known unto you, there is no redemption in hell. Listen to what the Bible says. Psalm 49, 7 and 8, none of them can by any means Redeem his brother. Are you listening? Nor give to God. Nor give to God a ransom for him. There's nothing you can do for somebody that's lost and in hell. You can't pay enough money. Are you listening? You can't light enough candles. You can't be baptized enough. There's nothing you can do for the person that's already died and went to hell. Yet we got thousands upon hundreds of thousands, millions of people out there that think they can give money to a church or light a candle or be baptized or pray or do all these great works to try to give to God a ransom for him. It don't work. Let me read the rest of the verse in Psalm 49, verse eight. It said, for the redemption of their soul is precious. Listen, listen. And it ceaseth. Forever. It's gone. Listen, friend, once a person dies without Jesus, it's over. It's over. You close your eyes on this earth and you wake up in hell, it's it. It ceaseth forever. Pay attention to the words Jesus said, nor give to God a ransom for him. No matter how much somebody tries to give to help you, it ain't gonna work. No one can pay anybody out of hell. A priest won't tell you that, but God's telling you that. Some preachers won't tell you that, but this one is. Your friends might not tell you that, but this Bible's telling you. And I say to you, dear friend, listen, redemption is only found in Jesus Christ alone and no other. Redeem means ransom. It means delivered from bondage or distress or penalty or liability. Titus 2.14 said this, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Dear friend, your soul is worth so much that Jesus Christ left heaven, took on flesh, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross willingly as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins. How could anybody say no to a God like that? How does a person sit in church or go through life every day not caring if they die and go to hell or not. Dear friend, this Bible is not wrong. Those people out there in the graveyard, they're not there. It don't matter if they're 15 or 10 or 20 or 50 or 95. They die. And they went somewhere. And when you die, where are you going? they said saying, if you would please come. The Bible says, are you listening? For all have sinned and come short. Are you listening to the words? You're a sinner, every one of us. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what that means? That means you're not as good as Jesus. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't even compare to him. He said over there in Romans 5, 12, wherefore is by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death was passed upon all men for that all have sinned. That's me and you. That's the whole entire world. You can't compare to Jesus because you're a sinner. The only way you can compare to him is to take on his righteousness so that when God the Father looks at you, he don't see you, he sees Jesus. He said in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin, that's a payment. For the wages of sin is death. You say, well, I'm not that bad of a person. You're a sinner. And because you're a sinner, your sin has to be paid for. And if you don't want to trust Jesus Christ, you want to leave out from, beneath these door, underneath, uh, from this building uh, today and die and go to hell? That's your decision. Right. But you don't have to. Right. Right. You don't have to go to hell to pay for your sins. You can trust Jesus Christ. Right. Doesn't matter if you've been here 20 years, 10 years, five years, one year, or a visitor. Right. He said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Romans, 9, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with all thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Ain't that good? And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said in verse 13, For whosoever, it's anybody, it's anybody, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he said, once you get saved, you know what he does? Writes your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And it's there forever. Are you saved? Doesn't matter if you're a preacher. Doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher. Doesn't matter if you're a soul winner. Doesn't matter if you're a tither. Doesn't matter if you're a member. Doesn't matter who you are. There's got to be a time in your life when the Holy Ghost of God convicted you of yours. You will not get saved outside the working power of the Holy Ghost. There has to be a time in your life when the Holy Ghost of God convicted you of your sins. You realize you was a sinner... You repented toward God. You might not have understood the word repentance, but you realize you were a sinner. You repented toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. You ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, come to your heart and save you. Now, in the beginning of the message, I said this. I said, go to the spot in your mind right now where you remember the Holy Ghost dealing with you about salvation. Go to the spot in your mind where you remember you were convicted of your sins. And you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and come to your heart and save you. That's a wonderful day for some of you. Some of you don't know. I wouldn't die and go to hell for anybody. This is just old fashioned salvation preaching. This right here is the place where you can get it settled. I already said it, but I'll say it again. Age of 19, sitting right back there in another church. Got up out of my seat, came forward, right down here in the front. My uncle took that Bible. Best day of my life. Are you saved? Let's all bow our head and close our eyes for a moment. No one looking around, please. Maybe some of you that know you're saved. Not everybody, but some of y'all. You know, you know you're saved. Maybe you'd slip out of your pew and come to an old-fashioned altar and just pray for a little bit. The Holy Ghost of God draw some to salvation. Now I want to ask a question and I want you to think real hard about this. Can you go to that place in your mind right now where you remember the Spirit of God dealing with your heart about your need for salvation. I'm not talking about the death of a loved one. I'm not talking about he saved you from a car accident. I'm not talking about how you saw a light or how you've been baptized. I'm talking about you remember conviction from the Holy Ghost and he showed you you was lost. You asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins and save you and maybe you're sitting here and you can't remember that you don't know that you've ever been saved, and you're not 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up and say, Preacher, that's me, pray for me. I wouldn't embarrass you, but the first step to salvation is admitting your need for it. Is there anyone today, this morning, no one looking around? You'd slip your hand up, Preacher, pray for me. If I died today, I don't know for sure I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up right now and put it back down? Anyone like that? Now I'll tell you this. I was away with my family this week doing some fishing and hunting. And the preacher texted us. And when he made that text, the Holy Ghost told me in my heart, I want you to preach this message. To be honest with you, I was hoping he'd ask somebody else to preach, one of them other guys. And then when he texted me yesterday and said, but Jason, I need you to take care of Sunday morning. Clearly, the Holy Ghost said that message. Now he didn't have me preach it just for the good of the day. He had me preach it because he knew that you would be here. And many of our churches have gotten away from compelling people to come to Christ. I'm compelling you, twisting your arm, begging you. Is there anyone here? Preacher, if I die, I don't know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up? Pray for me. All right, I'll ask this question. Now, being a hypocrite and lying will not get you into heaven. How many can say this morning by lifting up hand, I remember that day. When the Holy Ghost dealt with me and I remember trusting Christ. Would you slip your hand up all over the auditorium and put them up high? All over the auditorium. I know, preacher, that I'm saved. God bless you. Thank you. you and put them down. But not everybody could raise their hand. This could be your last day. I hope not. Let's all stand. Father in heaven, we sure love you. Thank you for Jesus. Lord I believe that I did what you wanted, whether they submit and come to Christ or not. How I pray that the Holy Ghost of God would be gracious, and not leave them alone, that you would deal with them heavily to the point where they couldn't even sleep at night for old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction that they would come to Christ before it's eternally too late. How we need God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. at least one more verse. Maybe just an attitude of prayer. If God's speaking to your heart, you're not sure you're saved, if you'll come, preacher, get somebody take a Bible show you how to get saved.